Hello. Hello. Gotta create the ambiance. It's tea time. So I'm Steph. And I'm Phoebe. And this is Let's Watch, Watch Murder. Murder. This is a podcast where we um, look at or go into films about murderers. Yeah, and we look at both the psychological aspect, because I am studying psychology, and the, uh, what, film like, aspect? Yeah, like cinematography and all that-ish. And such. Since I'm studying film. So it's all very exciting. And don't take, or I'll take all our opinions with a grain of salt because we are only students yeah. as of right now. Yes. We're no professionals, but we do enjoy watching films about murders and talking about true crime. So Yeah, So, uh, but not all of it will be true crime. For example... Oh, this is fictional crime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so now, for example, we're doing Silence of the Lambs. And or Hannibal a, Lecter. We'll talk about <laughs> this film in two episodes. Since yeah. We want to give Hannibal Lecter one episode and um, Buffalo Bill his own episode. Because there's yeah. a lot to talk about, I feel, about this film. There really is. And it's a great film. I want to apologize if you think my breathing's weird because I listened to the first episodes we recorded and I could not get over myself. Also, I don't think I've ever said totally as much as I did in this past episode and I think it's because of Steph I think I just absorbed that quality do I say totally you said totally one time or something and I just (laughs) spit it out afterward I I'm sorry also how much I say like I'm gonna be very (laughs) conscious of my wording now it's really hard to listen to an hour long podcast of yourself and just recognize, is this how I sound all the time? Because we're obviously just having a conversation. So you don't necessarily form the whole sentences before you open your mouth. And then things like totally and like come out all the time. Yeah, and also I just, it's more like, okay, I can see why people get annoyed by me from time to time. You know? <laughs> like when you listen to yourself for the first time, you're like, I eh. think we are our worst judges, though, because I didn't even notice those things that you were yeah. talking about because I'm also just used to them yeah because I listen to you all the time you don't always hear yourself I didn't much. hear anything about your like saying whoa that was a bad sentence I didn't notice how frequently you said like so. yeah well tis, there we go tis life um anyway I mean we I guess we can have a bit of a disclaimer but since this is a this is a fictional or Based on not based on fact, it's film. not a real serial killer. Um, it's less controversial. Yeah, but however, this is a light-hearted podcast where we look into films about murder, and murder is gruesome. There's but fun to talk about. Yeah, we do not intend to glorify any sort of murder. Yeah. Or the act of murdering or Nor being do we murdered. condone it. No, please don't murder. <laughs> it would kind of suck. Like, Especially, can you imagine if, we, say, we have one listener and that listener just ends up being 
a little mentally ill okay. and they take it the wrong way. But and that is murder. not on us, though, because the majority of people I know, listen it would to true suck. crime co- podcasts are all right. So you can't. Are you referring say, to the two of us? Yes. <laughs> we haven't murdered anyone, nor do we plan now. to. What were your thoughts on the film? Silence of the Lambs is one of my favorite movies of all time. It's a great movie. I I love the movie, but okay. Uh, I've seen it like four times, but I've only ever seen the entire thing once. What? Because there's that one scene close to the end that I just cannot oh, handle. Clarice is in the hunting. dark, yeah. and he's got the night vision goggles, and holy shit, I just... I watched it with my boyfriend, and I was so scared I had to turn on the lights I wanted to make it small screen because that's what I used to do is like make it small screen and then you're just watching it on a tiny little thing but he refused to because he wanted to watch it so I wrapped myself in a blanket and I stood in the corner across from the room and I just saw it slightly that's all I can do I just can't it's too scared I know she shoots him you know I know it's gonna be okay but I can't handle that that scene is also just like from the moment she comes in yeah when she meets him and realizes he's the murderer. Oh, God. Until the end where she finally shoots him. It feels really long. Yeah. Even though it's not even that long a scene. Uh, I know. It just feels so long because it's just, like, slow and, like, her slow realization. And she's, like, you can kind of see the gears turning in her head. She's, mm-hmm. like, okay, what should I do? What is the game plan? Because this is clearly the murderer. Yeah. I don't have backup. With the butterflies everywhere. Yeah, I'm on my own. And, like... I was so pissed off when he, like, laughed. And he ran off. I was like, girl, shoot him. Shoot him now. And she's obviously, she wasn't even graduated. The poor woman. Yeah. A great woman. Yeah. An amazing, amazing movie, I thought. And she had a degree in criminology, didn't she? Yeah. And she was, like... An FBI trainee. Yeah. And I was talking to Phoebe about this before we started recording. Um... That Silence of the Lambs, or like, no, Hannibal, the character, is originally from the book Red Dragon by Thomas Harz, which came out 1981, which is, I think, 10 years before Silence of the Lambs came out. Which, obviously, that film is based on a book as well called Silence of the Lambs. Um, But that in the original book, um, it is the concept of um, this FBI agent who's usually... Who was called Graham in the original story? I hate that name. And it's so like hard to say. Graham, <laughs> and this like psychological kind of relationship between him and Hannibal. Yeah. And it's used in a lot of the like um, other films and stories based off of Hannibal, but in Silence of the Lambs, it it is the same like the FBI yeah. agent talking to. Hannibal to get insight on another serial killer. Honestly. But they decide to have it as Clarice ra- yeah. rather than Graham, which I find a very interesting point and um, I really enjoy that they did that because it yeah. doesn't take anything away from the film. It just makes it more feminist. Yeah, and, and she's a better. total badass. I and love her. Same. And I just, honestly, that movie, Hannibal Lecter makes the movie. I think yeah. he is the key character in well, the entire thing. Yeah. Like, he's the one... Buffalo Bill is, like, the serial killer, but Hannibal Lecter is the thing that makes it interesting, you know? Yeah. Um, no, I also 
really like her character because she is like even though she is an FBI FBI agent she is like vulnerable and she has this vulnerable side to her um beyond the fact that she's a woman in a very male dominated um workspace and because she's just not an FBI agent yet yeah but she's a I, trainee. I like that she isn't that kind of like typically I feel like female characters in films um are either really like feminine mm-hmm. but if there are like like police officers or something like that they're usually very masculine yeah like and, miss congeniality yeah and are just totally they're like no i don't relate yeah. to anything feminine i'm like really cool and tough yeah but i like how it's she kind of is just in the middle a very average woman mm-hmm. who seems to enjoy female things I sound like a man (laughs) I mean like the female interests no yeah um no she's like she's wearing if if I remember correctly she's wearing a skirt or a dress when she meets Hannibal first Mm -hmm. um and like a suit and she's trying to just like look professional professional and smart um but she also has this side of her where she's just like really fit and is training to be an FBI agent but she doesn't seem like overtly masculine or feminine she's just kind of she's just a person she's just like us basically yeah, which is great she's a really well written character yeah i don't know i really really love that movie that's uh it's uh just you have to see the movie it's just that simple yeah but it's scary as hell so but it's only like properly scary in the end like the, the majority yeah, but of the they f- do make it creepy yeah yeah like but it's not like a horror film no film it's more like a psychological thriller yeah totally and it's totally worth watching see we both just said so totally i told you well it's the thing to say now yeah anyway it's amazing and watch it so although steph says she found a bunch of info on lecter i really couldn't find that much uh, so I'll mostly be just talking about what I think, which is what I do normally. One thing I did see online, though, was that, I mean, usually in movies, uh, bad guys are either portrayed as like a chaotic evil or a chaotic good. But what was interesting about Lecter is that he seems to be both. Like, he, on one side, has no respect for anybody or anything except what he wants mm-hmm. uh, but on the other side he's also kind of selfless in some sense and he does like he do a, good he has a bit of time. aquarius energy i feel where he just kind of like doesn't give a fuck but like he's like he is nice in a sense to clarice mm-hmm. but it is from his own like his own personal gain but he's still also just like, I also don't care. No, but also, like, they were asking, somebody was asking Clarice at the end of the movie, like, do you feel, aren't you afraid he's just going to come and murder you? And she, she says, no, he would find that rude. And I think that says something. And also, um, I mean, yes, <laughs> while he did murder and eat a bunch of people, he did also show signs of loyalty and he was courteous like you couldn't really call him like rude 
to her. I don't know. <laughs> it's rude to kill, it's I like guess, and eat. But different than Migs. What was that yeah. his name? In in uh, Hannibal Sawblock, who just jacks off onto her. That's a totally different gross serial killer. Or like, I'm assuming he's also at least because I mean he's in the same realm. But not nearly as close because he had just a normal cell where he was able to throw the semen at her. Yeah, but he was in the same cell block. Yeah. So that must say something where it was only like three or four jail cells in one. But that's exactly what I was going to say. Is like after he does that, uh, Hannibal convinces him to swallow his own tongue. Yeah. Because of what he did to Clarice. Like, that was too far. Yeah, it's like, bro, kill, kill not him okay. and eat him, fine. Yeah, and so people were saying that maybe Miggs may have had schizophrenia and Hannibal would have, as a psychiatrist, would have known how to yeah. just enhance those feelings and those perceptions he was having, which mm-hmm. is really disturbing. But also, oddly, like, he's got your back, girl. Yeah. You know? I really like the dynamic between Clarice and Hannibal because I don't feel like one is like has more control than the other because sure he is he can manipulate her a lot easy, more easily since he is like a manipulative manipulative killer and a psychologist of that fact but um she's also she studied criminology he's behind this uh, like he's in the cell so there's that like upper hand where she has where he's caught and mm-hmm. is stuck in a cell and they both want something from each other yeah so it's just a very interesting dynamic between them which i really but it enjoy. becomes a dynamic of trust as well and he seems kind of like a teacher as yeah. in he gives me like teacher vibes in the sense where she's asking him to tell her the answer and he's like I'll give you an idea, but you have to kind of put the pieces together. It's yeah, annoying. and where he's like, the answer is in there. Yeah. You just have to know how to look into it. Yeah. And she's like, ah, why can't it's you just so tell me? It's so frustrating. But it's also, I don't know, I just think it's super cool. Um, yeah, so like on one hand, he's sadistic and does cause psychological torment to others. Mm-hmm. Like he fucks with them psychologically, which I find awesome. You know, Imagine for a movie, being that good at psychology that you just totally know how to manipulate the mind to that like extent where you can just like I don't know. I find it very interesting. You know, there is a case of this. There's a case of a therapist or a psychiatrist. I can't remember which, and he's like messing with his all of his patients horribly also what i find really cool is that he's just clearly very intelligent he seems to be above everybody else but at the same time he's locked in a cell so he wasn't smart enough to not get caught yeah and um he can appear very empathetic but on, in the next minute, he can completely disfigure a person yeah. and eat them. So it's as if he can, like, detach his empathy or maybe he is just feigning empathy. Yeah, but that's something, because all I read was about the book. There were much more, like, analysis of the character in the book. And that's when they say, 
Okay, when Migs kills himself, there's another guy that gets forced into the cell block next to him. And that guy, I can't remember his name because he's not in the movie. Uh, he has to, no, he's just, he shows signs of child abuse and um, a learning disability and stuff. Mm. And so throughout the book, apparently, Lecter is helping him. And he doesn't do anything horrible to him, but he is a psychiatrist. So maybe it's just this thing that like he likes the reward. He likes understanding and seeing progress. But sometimes he likes tormenting them. Like, he is a psychopath. I think that's pretty clear. But he's more complex than that yeah. at the same time. Mm-hmm. Which it makes him a very interesting character. It makes him so interesting. Um, yeah, and I like this quote. Um, he's twisted and sick, but gentle and courteous. Yeah. So it's like he's uh, this... Uh, that's what I really like. He's a well-rounded character. He's mm-hmm. not just evil, you know? He also just doesn't seem like he spontaneously just kills someone. Like, I feel like he would do it calmly and, like, already plan it out really well. Yeah. And just, like, make no mess, you know, kill them, cook them, make a delicious meal, you know? Yeah. For him, I wouldn't want to taste it, but... Apparently it smells like pork. I've heard it also tastes like pork. I wouldn't know. Would you not try it? Um, yeah, maybe. I mean, if it was, like, ethically yeah. produced. That's what I was talking to uh, my dad about this, and I was saying, like, I, I, I'm I, vegan, but the reason why I'm vegan is not because I don't like the taste of meat. So if you could ethically grow meat, I would totally be eating that again. Mm-hmm. Like, at a dinner party? Are you kidding me? So if you could ethically produce human meat, I'd try it. Because, like, the difference between animals and humans is that humans can give consent. Like, the same as we can donate our bodies to research. You could donate our bodies for meat. (laughs) Ew, okay. But I don't think it's good for you. It isn't, and it can cause a disease, I think, if you eat too much of it. Um, And there is a reason why animals don't eat their own kind most of the time. Uh, but I don't know. I'm just like, it doesn't totally gross me out. I wouldn't ever kill somebody, but I wouldn't kill an animal either. If it's on the offer, I would try it. Yeah. If it's ethically sourced. Yeah. Oh my God. We sound bad enough. We can cut it out. It's fine. (laughs) I feel like this is very good though. I I don't think we're on our own here. No. Um, And I think that if you're totally against it, you're probably not thinking about it logically. It's just an interesting thing to try. What? I'll eat snails, but I won't try human meat if it's ethically sourced. Um, should we carry on? Uh, yeah. But um, yeah, so this whole thing was kind of like a quid pro quo idea for him. So he would uh, exchange psychological information on Buffalo Bill mm-hmm. in exchange to hear her troubles from her youth. And I wonder, because I didn't think it was very clear, necessarily, whether that was just for leverage or whether it was because he was actually intrigued. Well, before she goes in and talks to him, um, someone tells her, whether it was the guard or someone, yeah, and says, don't tell him anything about yourself. Yeah, he gets you, in your head. Yeah, you don't want him, you don't want Hannibal Lecter in your head, yeah. basically. So I feel like 
probably at least to a certain extent is leverage but also him. it's because he likes to torment them yeah because so if he knows her vulnerabilities it's easier for him to like manipulate her but i guess also through that he kind of like uh, forms some sort of relationship with her you know so it's like Maybe his intentions were different at first, mm-hmm. and then when he actually got to know her, it like it changed. Yeah, maybe. I really liked as well. I saw because he's he does have some form of humor. They sprinkle it in. It's yeah. not very often, but and it's kind of like it, it's very dark, dark humor. But right after he's been like, "Will the lambs ever stop screaming?" Yeah, and she like goes away. And then he orders a second dinner of lamb chops. Yeah. And that apparently is to, like, make light of her childhood trauma. Mm-hmm. Which, um... Also, I'm having a friend for dinner. Like, oh. Oh, I love that. Also, I hated that guy. If there was some bad guy in the movie, it was the warden. Yeah, the guy who basically was in charge of the, the mental institution. That he was in. Yeah, right? it was a prison, though. It was like it was like the psychological, like it was the psychologically disturbed ward. That it was a prison cell, clearly. Yeah, yeah, no, but it was it. I was reading an article, and it was talking about how he, he um, he's not a warden. He's like in charge of this mental in- institution for like criminally insane, basically. Mm. So it's kind of probably just like a cross. Yeah, but anyway, that guy, if there was somebody who was a horrible human. He was worse than Hannibal in my opinion. Totally. (laughs) At least Aside from the fact that he didn't kill people that we know of, he just had ill intentions toward everybody, it seemed. Yeah. He was like... He was hitting on Clarice and... He was being uncomfortable. And he was, like, trying to torture Hannibal, and it's just, you know. She's also the one who figured out, what was it? She figured something out, Clarice. Mm Mm-hmm. About, yeah, I think it was about Buffalo Bill. And that warden or guy, the guy who was in charge of, um, of the mental institution, he just took it as his... Yeah. Like realization. It was like, yeah, I figured out that blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Ugh. Towards the end. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was, that <laughs> pissed me off so much. I know. I was like, He Dude. was just made into the worst character. Anyway. No, also, kind of last thing. Uh, oh, I have so much saliva in my mouth. I think it's the tea. Sorry if you hear, like, very... What moist sounding like speech? Yeah. Ew. <laughs> anyway, no, I found it kind of interesting that Lecter uses that skin mask in order to get out. Oh, so smart. I know. But Buffalo Bill is always skinning people too. So all I could think about it was just, you know, it, it's just kind of like an odd. Like parallel? Yeah. And I wrote, just as Buffalo Bill was sewing a skin suit, dot, 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 ew. Yeah. Because <laughs> that is really gross. And there are apparently similarities to Ed Gein, or Ed Dean, Dean. Um, the serial killer, but he is more closely like related to Buffalo Bill. 
in the sense Evgenia. that yeah it was just a really good movie yeah and i will definitely be watching that again it was i think it was my second time rather than third time watching it but even though i'd only seen it one time like before i watched it the second time before this episode it just i knew i remember so much from the film it's just yeah. so memorable it is there it's different films, from everything else yes yeah, like there are some films where after a week i've watched it i kind of just forget everything that was in it yeah and this film i just always remember such specific th- specific things about it yeah and there's just so many elements to look into it's like i i remember how it starts which is interesting i almost never remember yeah, the wh- beginning when she's scene running. yeah yeah and they've got the kind of like eerie music going. And just like that cold, miserable weather. And the running. And I was like, God, I'm so happy I'm not her. Anyway. Yeah. I just um, really liked, like the film is kind of subtly feminist. Yeah. Which I very much enjoy because I hadn't noticed that the first time around when I watched it. I, it was also quite a few years ago when I watched it in class, I think. Um. And now when I watched it, there were such little things that I really enjoyed. For example, she's like immediately hit on by that yeah. th- by that doctor dude, or like the guy was it just the dude who warden, yeah. Um, and how when she's training and she's like they're practicing an arrest, and then she's like shot like in air quotes like mm-hmm. she's training how to arrest someone. And her, like, teacher or whoever comes and is like, and you're dead. You forgot to look into the corner. And, like, mm-hmm. criticized her a lot, yeah. but not the guy she was with. Mm-hmm. Like, that seems to be happening. Um, and when they go to that town where the girl was found in the river. Yeah. And the FBI agent yeah. like, is with her. says, like, we should talk in private to, like, the cops. As if she can't handle, like, what they're going to talk about. But she's, like, literally training to be an FBI agent. Like, she... And I like the conversation they had about that Yeah, because he was aware what he like of what he was doing. Yeah. He knew, like, she would not like it. But he did because the other cops were, like... And then he addressed it afterward. Being, yeah. like, I yeah. hope you don't take it personally. And then, yeah, exactly. And she says... Um, yeah, here, it's, like... She says it matters. Cops look at you on how to behave, yeah. which yeah. is so true. Because like, yeah. you can't just be like, "Oh, but they're just like from a small town; they yeah. don't understand." Like, blah, blah, blah. but it's like, no, they look up to you. You're an FBI agent catching freaking serial killers. They are looking up to you and how you Respond. behave and like yeah. act on or like towards other people and women, especially. It um, just matters all the time, and also how towards the end. I don't think she's given a name, her friend at the yeah. FBI, which is kind of annoying. That irks me a little. Yeah. It, that she doesn't have a name uh, because it's pretty much the only other female character that's not a victim. Yeah. Um, but I do like how she is given a bit of a spotlight towards the end where it's the two of them, Clarice and mm-hmm. that woman, who are working on the case. Yeah. And they kind of have the breakthrough. Yeah. Just the two of them. Yeah. Together. Um, which I found very satisfying. Me too. And also, um, I wrote here, like, women are typically seen as more empathetic and compassionate. Yeah. And Clarice kind of uses that as a tool. Yeah. Like, e- even though she doesn't quite realize it. Yeah. Like, she's just 
being herself and trying to figure this out. But from being, like, more empathetic, um, she is more ready to listen to Hannibal and mm-hmm. take in what he's saying and understanding both him and then understanding Buffalo Bill. And she's more willing to make herself vulnerable emotionally by talking about her past traumas. Yeah. And so it's like she is ready to see Buffalo Bill as a person, not mm-hmm. just as a murderer, which is really um, important, like we talked about in the last episode, where it is important to humanize murderers because then we understand them better and because they are human. Yeah. They are people with lives. They and are. somewhere along the way, something happened to them. And unless we know what it is that happened to them, we can't kind of... <clears throat> like stop it from happening happening again and understanding them and where they're going yeah it's it's just so important and like you know it's been since we've been little all the girls who are more boyish who are quote-unquote tomboys they're the cool girls yeah and being a quote-unquote girly girl is looked at as worse because we look at things that are girly as bad or less than it's less than basically and i liked that they were using like you said the feminist the feminine empathy things oh my god words <laughs> you know the fem- the feminine aspects of clarice were used to her advantage so it's just showing it's like no we don't have to be more like men to succeed we can succeed on our own in our own way and we're just as valuable in the field yeah which is really important yeah exactly i also read an article which is on the learned fangirl.com i only now okay um see the title of it but it was actually a pretty good um article um it's called the evolution of hannibal lecter um and yeah basically what i was saying before um hannibal is first or like the character is created in Red Dragon by Thomas Harris in 1981 and um like the role of Hannibal in the films and stories they always like increase because at first he's own he's barely a part of the story he's not as much as a mm. big uh, much of a big deal as like sounds of the lambs for example or even mm. Hannibal the like newer TV series I I haven't seen that it is actually quite cool i remember seeing a few episodes and but is it the same actor no it's mads mikkelsen who plays hannibal the danish dude yeah even though his character becomes um more and more important um in the films and stories as like i don't know throughout the years he never becomes the center of attention. He is never, like, the central character. Mm-hmm. Uh, it also says here the tensions doesn't, um, don't just come from his crimes, but from other plot devices, like Buffalo Bill and the mental uh, fragility of Graham, which was the original character that mm. is starling in, um, yeah. in Signs of the Lambs. Yeah, and here is um, a quote, which is, Throughout Silence of the Lambs, it is apparent that Lecter is unable to affect Starling in the same way as Graham. Uh, Red Dragon showed uh, showed how Lecter was able to play with Graham's moral compass and blur together the two obsessive mindsets of killer and and investigator. Yet Starling seems immune to Lecter's mind games and her morals remain intact. 
the only way he can reach her is by taunting her about her broken childhood. Yeah. And that's why it's like such an interesting dynamic with this like psychological so cool. play between the two of them. Yeah, it is. And there's neither one is somehow above the other. Yeah. Even though it clearly seems like Hannibal is <laughs> like better at the beginning. Yeah. But she kind of like gains confidence. Yeah. And, yeah. It's like which actually just goes right into the next thing, which is a video I really recommend everyone watch, which is called Who Wins the Scene um, at Silence of the Lambs. And it's only three minutes. And it's basically just like kind of dissecting the scene where Clarice meets Hannibal for the first time mm -hmm. in the film. And basically just like, I just recommend you watching it. Um, but it's basically just saying like, at first the camera's eye level, they're just like kind of equal. They're both looking right into the camera. Um, but then um, when he tells her to sit, the camera is now looking down at her mm -hmm. and up at him, telling us he has the upper hand now. Um, she no longer is looking right into the camera. He still is. So yeah. she's kind of become more vulnerable and is like looking away. Um, he's like really intimidating in the film as well. His eyes he are is. so intense. Oh God, and his little... Oh, yeah. <laughs> Disgusting. I'm so scared. And he apparently you... just made that up on the spot. I don't know how you do it. <laughs> um, and then there's like a dolly zoom, which is like zooms into his face and like close uh, into a close up of him. And he's still like it's it remains center. Mm -hmm. Then the same kind of zoom is like shot on on her. She's no longer in the center. She's she's off center. So it's kind of telling us she's off balance. Um, she no no longer has the upper hand either. Interesting. And when she walks away, or like he walks away from the camera, she then walks away from the camera, and it's like a very it's like a parallel, like a mirror of each other, mm. which is like kind of like the first evidence maybe of them, kind of, I don't know. They're kind of on the same level where they both yeah. want something from each other and they can use each other from, for something. Yeah. And it's not until, like, that uncomfortable guy who, who just throws semen at her. Ew, wow. When um, Hannibal calls her to come back and then it's a two-person shot. Mm -hmm. And it's quite, it's a lot wider frame than the other shots have been in the scene. And they're, like, really close to each other. And you see the two of them in one, sh like, frame. Mm -hmm. And that's when you know it's, like, a, a beginning of some sort of relationship. And then a quote from another article, uh, which was, The Silence of the Lambs, Jonathan Demme's Subjective Camera Angle, which is, It gets to the point where the only way one can break free of his gaze, it, uh, Hannibal's mm -hmm. gaze, that is, is to look away from the screen. In doing this, the film quite literally traps its audience as yes! the simple act of viewing means that we succumb, as Starling does, to Lecter's psychological games. Honestly, though! <laughs> Without realizing it, we've let him inside our heads. Yeah, I, I realized that. I realized that real quick. Yeah. And it is interesting how much they use this kind of like point of view shot in the film. Like, not blatantly, but like... A lot of shots, we kind of see them from her point of view. So mm -hmm. we're very often put into her shoes. So we are made into the vulnerable. We 
don't really see much from his point of view. Mm-hmm. We don't see it from Hannibal's point of view. He, it's him who's looking right into the camera. So it's like he's looking into our eyes. Yeah. And we are like put into Clarice's shoes. Mm-hmm. So the cinematography in the film is fantastic. It's just a good movie. I just, I can't say it enough. Also, um, there is a shot, I think it's when she talks to him the second time. Mm. When he's in the cell, like in the glass cell. There's a shot, which is kind of like an iconic shot, um, of his reflection in the glass. That's kind of overlaps with her face. So it's like Mm. a shot of her, but his face... Like it's seen in the reflection of the oh interesting of the, of the glass, and like I kind of see it as like they are complete like opposites. They mm-hmm. are completely opposite characters. She's like really compassionate, vulnerable, a woman, <laughs> and has good morals. Where he and, is and and at the beginning of her career, yeah, he's just like a psych psychopath, crazy killer, really manipulative, but with values, yeah. But he doesn't seem to have morals, though, since no. he murders and eats people. Um, but they somehow see eye to eye. They, like, understand each other mm-hmm. in some weird way where it's, like, it forms an interesting relationship, almost friendship. I wouldn't quite call it a friendship, no. but it's, like, an interesting relationship. Um, it made me want that kind of relationship with him, you know? It's, like, yeah, it's, like, when, she, when he said... Um, when she, Clarice hears that he's gotten out yeah. um, and her friend is worried that he will go after Clarice, mm-hmm. but she says she's not worried and she can't explain it, but she just knows he won't. Like, they have some yeah. sort of understanding. And she said even that he would consider that rude. Yeah. And then a quote from Jonathan Demme, the, car- uh, the director, is, uh, the most powerful shot of all, is when you put the view right in the shoes of one of the characters so that they are seeing exactly what the character is seeing. Mm-hmm. Which is basically, he was like using this point of view mm-hmm. shot um, just to really put us into her, shoe. her shoes. And another quote, which is from uh, the article I mentioned before. Uh, Never for a moment does Dem allow us to veer into escapism or passivity. He makes sure that we remain alert, active participants. When Lecter hisses at Starling, we too recoil in fear. When she's assaulted by Buffalo Bill uh, in the film's climax, we stare, we share in her disorientation. Yep. Um, yeah. Except we do get to see Buffalo Bill's point of view too. Oh well, yeah, obviously. Like it's not completely from her point of view, but, but that honestly scenes, makes it scarier. Yeah. To know that he can see her. Oh. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. One of the scariest parts of the entire movie is when we see his night vision way of seeing, and he's so close to her, he almost touches her. I know. I saw that for the first time, (laughs) because I've never been able to see that scene. But it's kind of, that's probably one of the only shots that are, like, like, obviously from a point of view... That is not yeah. hers, and it's through a lens. Like, yeah. it's through glasses, so yeah. it's not organic. It's kind of like you are a voyeur. Yeah. Like, you're seeing it through glasses. Oh, God. Oh, Whereas hers so is, like, always just very natural. No, no. Yeah. And yeah. Yep, that was one of the scariest scenes in the entire thing. Yeah. Also, I'd just like to discuss the freaking artwork of uh, Lecter's final 
uh, killing spree there. With of the, her. No, of the Wait, Hannibal Lecter. Oh, where the Where guy's he spreads the guy there. as like an angel and it was just, and he tore the face off and the, the dripping, you know, yeah. and it looked like he was dead, but he yeah. wasn't. Kind of impressive is all I have to say. Honestly, I was just, I was in awe. Yeah. I was disgusted and horrified. I really recommend you watch Hannibal then, because that's like... But isn't it very scary? Because I can handle very, very limited of scary. Not so much, because you you never really see the crimes. You only see them after they've happened. Okay. Or at least from what I remember, it's a few years that's ago. That's the scariest it. part of like TV shows. Yeah. But I just remember specifically one scene where Hannibal has created an instrument out of a body and has like somehow like opened the uh, like esophagus or something and jammed the like neck of a cello or something down and oh! you could play the person and it was super weird and gross but kind of cool cool but like this is not real no. so it's okay but it was like interesting but I, also it makes me think who the hell thought of that? Yeah, that whoever came up with that in either is a creative genius yeah. or a little scary or both. Yeah, I also think he like made strings out of skin, which Ooh. is like interesting. There was this like montage or something of him like creating. Well, see, anyway. my thing is, I'm okay with gore as long as that there's a reason behind it. As long as it's clever. Like, Silence of the Lambs, yes, it is kind of gory with the blood and that you see him bite off his nose and all that disgusting, yeah. scary stuff and take off the face mask thing, mm -hmm. which was really face freaking terrifying. took a whole new meaning. <laughs> right yeah but that kind of stuff it's it's kind of it's it's gross but it's at the same time like creative genius yeah i do not see the resemblance of that and like uh just horror movies like gory movies yeah, whenever it's like creepy just to be creepy it's annoying but like Science of the Lambs, there's like a point to the horror and it's very yeah. limited. It is. And that's the kind of movie I like. I cannot stand movies that just have that shock value. Yeah, same. Anyway. I also just like had one final note, which is um, the color red up here. Because like the film kind of in general is very bleak and, mm -hmm. the, and the saturation is like quite, I don't know, low to say like... The colors aren't very bright. Or yeah, vibrant. no, I've noticed it's that very, too. It's very, like, gray and bleak. But there are a few times where you just see red, and it's very obviously red. Mm -hmm. um, for instance, she goes into an elevator, and she's wearing just, like, in this kind of brown suit, if I mm -hmm. remember correctly. And it's just a group of men inside, all wearing the same <laughs> red shirt. And it's clearly also just a show, like, she stands out. She's, like, yeah. the only woman there. And is vulnerable and doesn't fit in fit in with them but also which i think it's probably one of my favorite kind of like symbolic moments is when she is about to meet hannibal mm -hmm. for the first time she goes into this kind of they're like um she goes into this kind of like cell thing before mm -hmm. she goes in 
and she's flooded. It's is flooded with red light. Yeah. Just before she goes in. So it's kind of like a warning sign because red, obviously, like in traffic, is like stop, warning, danger. attention, danger. So it's very much just like, ah, uh, you're going to meet like something scary. Yeah. And, um, and she did. Yeah. And I like that. So that <laughs> clever use of like no color and then just a few moments of, of red. Um, and obviously the blood and stuff as well. Yes. That's also red. That's yes. probably all no. Yes. Here's one review that I found funny. It says here, it's Bob Bobber. That <laughs> is a fake name. Who gave it two stars, which is great read. So Oh, it's about the book. But it was still I don't anyway, the book then. Great read. Not really sure who Hannibal is though, and I'm really just waiting for the part about sheep. It's like, do you know? anything about pop culture man you should know who hannibal is also the sheep i i do get that though because the whole time i was like where the hell does this name come yeah it was only like this time around when i watched it when i got it when i uh, like noticed the the scene where he where she's talking about the lambs who were being slaughtered yeah and she tried to save one and then (sighs) just the screaming oh god and she was just waiting for the screams to stop. Yeah. And she felt... What was it? She felt that if she could just catch enough bad guys, maybe the silence of the lambs would occur. Or, like, the screaming yeah, the would screams stop. would stop. Yeah. It's a clever name. I, I, I liked like that. It. it was, like... Very subtle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tricky. And also, you come in to the movie not having an any idea what it's about if you didn't yeah. watch a trailer or something but the the name though the title is like there's something eerie about the title because silence of the lambs and you then the cover of the movie creepy. is just like a woman's face with a butterfly or a moth over it yeah that also i never really understood until like yeah at the end of the film when you look back and you're like uh, he sees himself as a caterpillar yeah coming out anyway um yeah, so this next episode will be about Buffalo Bill. So Exciting stuff. If you enjoyed Silence of the Lambs or enjoyed this episode, please listen to that as well. Yeah. Anyway, thanks for listening. Have a good day. Or evening. I hope day. Well, actually, this would be fun to listen to in the evening because you're discussing and you're not actually watching the scary thing, you know? Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Um, <laughs> goodbye. Bye.